Welcome to the Burn Podcast with host Ben Newman, the show where we break down the drive of the world's top performers in sports and business to uncover that underlying burn that pushes them to perform at the highest level. Today's episode is brought to you by the Financial Advisor Academy and the Unrequired Coaching Program. To learn more, head over to thefinancialadvisoracademy.com. Now, here is your host, Ben Newman. Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and today I am telling you there's just this energy, there's this passion, because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. When I introduce Shantae Lowe, she's going to tell you how, like, oh, Ben, you inspire me. But no, 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 she can't speak yet. Shantae, she inspires me. And I'll tell you what, there are individuals in life who are fighters. And for me, I've been so blessed to meet individuals like Shantae Lowe who are fighters and provide this amazing example. And, you know, so many individuals, you know, when you think of Shantae's resume, the things she's done athletically, competing in four Olympics, a bronze medalist in 2008, a gold medalist in the world. This is one of the most unbelievable athletes in the world, a high jumper. And, and I'm going to tell you, even every time I see the high jump, I still think to myself, how does a person even do that? <laughs> you know? So we, we have to talk about that a little bit. But you see that athletic resume, but then you realize this energy and passion for life, this passion to be a great wife, this passion to be a great mother, this passion to fight. And breast cancer is something that tried to pick a fight with you. And Shante Lowe said, no, 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 no. I don't think you understand. I am going to fight back. And when I had the opportunity to share the stage with you down in Orlando and to hear you speak and to hear your passion and to see that vibrant smile and to hear you tell individuals like, this won't hold me back. I'm going to go compete in a fifth Olympics, right? Four wasn't enough. I'm going to do five. Breast cancer, I don't care about you. I don't care if you delay the Olympics. I'm coming back stronger than I ever have. And I just couldn't be any more excited for our listeners to have this opportunity to spend time with you. And I know there's some really amazing things that are now happening. Olay has backed you. Walgreens has backed you. It's like everybody wants to hear that Shantae Lowe story. So, Shantae, you inspire me, and uh, welcome to The Burn. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. Like you said, I do admire you and what you do for athletes and professionals all over the nation, all over the world, and um, I'm just honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are you are so welcome. And uh, like I said, see, I told you, I, I knew you were going to say that. So. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you what, I, I think of that phone conversation that we had talking about your mindset for the upcoming, you know, Olympics. And I hung up the phone. I didn't get a chance to tell you this. It was one of those things like, Shantae doesn't need me. I think she was just, Shantae's, but Shantae's just my friend. She doesn't need me. This is one of the strongest women you can meet. And so here, here's what I'd love to, to know from you, right? People want to hear about the Olympics, but I'd rather start with what did you think when you got the news? Like what went through your mind? You talk about that burn. We're like, now we've really got to fight. Like it's one thing. I'm going to compete against you. I will take your medal. It's, 
it's another thing when you're in a fight for your life. So how important was that burn and that motivation? What went through your mind when you found out that you had breast cancer? Yeah, so like, you know, I felt like I've always been a very strong woman. My mother raised me to be a strong woman, independent, able to conquer anything. My motto was that pain was just weakness leaving the body and that excuses are just patches that you sew on the garment of failure. That's how I live every day of my life. <laughs> and like, when I went to that doctor and they told me that I had breast cancer, it's the first time I felt like I was out of control. I couldn't weight lift this thing away. I couldn't run it away. It was something that was there and I felt like I had to put my life in the hands of those doctors in order to save my life. But then the more that I began to educate myself, I realized that it's a, it is a battle. It's a different type of fight where I'm having to find out who are the best oncologists, who's gonna be on my team, who, are, who is the best nutritionist? What can I do every single day to make sure I put myself in the best position possible to not only be here for my kids, but to be here for my family and make sure that other women don't have to go through this. So it sounds like, which is really fascinating, if you think about competing to get ready for the Olympics, which is extraordinary. I mean, it's such a dream for so many people and it's such a difficult thing to conquer and do and then to go and win medals. But it was almost like you said, I'm gonna treat this, this I'm going for a different medal but this is a medal of my life and I have to train. I have to figure out how to do it daily. So you literally took that daily mindset and you just kept trying to win every day. That is exactly what I did. So when I decided that I wanted to go to the Olympics, I tried to pick the best college, the college that had the coach that coached my event. Like I really was very strategic. This was even in high school. And I noticed that doing that bred a whole bunch of success in my life. So then when it came to cancer, it's the only way I knew how to fight. It's like, okay, what are the statistical parameters that I could put myself in that 95 to 99% <laughs> success rate? And I took it just like, and not even just an Olympic gold. This had to be a world record because I only got one shot to get it right. <laughs> now, now. Now help me understand this. What do, because I think these are the things that people don't think about, right? So you are so strong and, and now, you know, you battled through this. What are doctors saying? Like when you say, hey, I want to go like compete in the Olympics again. It's not like, hey, I'm going to go play in this basketball league with my friends, you know, like at the, at the rec center. It's like, no, no, no. I'm going to go and get this body ready to compete again. Yeah. What did the doctors say? Did the doctors try to tell you, you know, you need to be careful? And then what was your approach for really digging down deep, finding the burn to get back on track for training? Yeah, like, like I think when I first got the diagnosis it, it, diagnosis, it just knocked me off my feet. And so I wasn't myself. And I think I was able to relate more to how people generally take um, bad news. I was just like, all right, whatever, whatever has to be done. You know, you guys just do it. And it really came down to the breast implants. And when I was, you know, they, I decided to get a double mastectomy because I had the breast cancer. And like I said, I, they, I could have easily just had the lump taken out and that's it. But I was like, no, we're going for a world record. Take everything. <laughs> so, and so they did that. And I was at the breast surgeon, the reconstruction surgeon would, would come back and there was a decision to make. 
they could either put the breast implants over the muscle or underneath the muscle. If they put it underneath the muscle, it has a better aesthetic look, but it would destroy my pectoral muscles. They would have to cut into them and I wouldn't be able to compete. And it was actually the reconstruction surgeon was like your story. He's like, I see so many women young that come in here and they have breast cancer and you have the platform and you have the voice to be able to make a difference in their lives. I will put the breast implants over the muscle so that you can go and tell this story and compete at the next level. So I was like, no, no, it's fine. He was like, if you don't like it, I'll redo it for free. He was like, but you just, and, I, and at that point, I was like, can I do it? And it became a mission that wasn't about myself. It was like, I can do this for women. And, and, I, and I had a whole nother life. Like my wind came back into my lungs and I, was, I went for it because of what he said. You know, it, it's so fascinating hearing you share that story from that perspective, because that's really how hearing you speak that's what I felt. It was interesting. It was like when Shante is talking about winning these medals and getting back to a fifth Olympics and, and doing that after cancer and all these things, which is so extraordinary. I mean, so many people would have said, I've had a great career. I've won my medals. I've done these amazing things. But I really finished saying, this, this isn't just for her kids. This isn't just for her husband. Like she's on a mission to show people, don't let anything stop you. So how, how important, so I'm reading it correctly, I can tell from, uh, from your head that big smile. So how important is it to you to not just stand on a stage for applause from an audience now, but to really help people understand like whatever you want to do in your life, you can do it. Because I know, and feel free to touch on it, there's adversity and challenge you face just on becoming a medalist, getting to the Olympics, right? So you're a so speak to those individuals, because I know how important it is to you, that may have those doubts and fears or uncertainty right now, especially with what we're going through. Yes, I experienced fear. Um, there's a depression that tries to creep in and get you to quit. There is a million reasons why I should not have trained. Chemotherapy was hard. I was nauseous, losing weight, gaining weight, um, exhausted, weak, and I realized that it's not about the end. It's not about getting to the end right now, but it's about what steps can I take today to make sure that I can get to that point. And I think that when it comes to people and their goals, you know, definitely with COVID-19, there's a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of um, stipulations on what you can and cannot do. And if you focus on what you can't do, you're not going to do anything regardless the time is going to pass either you know one way or another this thing is going to eventually come to an end and what we do with this time right now is going to determine our outcome or what, what our lives are going to look like in the future and so for me i feel like this is a cocoon moment where i'm taking advantage of this time here at the house i'm not focusing on what i cannot do but i'm looking and saying why not me what can i do now and i feel like by doing that, there's a lot of people that are watching me and how I'm handling this real adversity that's so relatable that I feel like if they see me succeed in doing it, they'll know, okay, I can do it too. I'm not going to give up. COVID-19 is rough, but it's not going to stop me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now one thing, one thing it did, regardless of people's opinions, what it should be, what it shouldn't be, 
there are a lot of things because of COVID-19 that were impacted and they were stopped, unfortunately. Yes. And one of those was the Olympics. Yes. And so how do, you, how do you approach, because I think for so many people watching, whether they were, it was a restaurant or whether it was their business or whether they were just in the middle of, boy, the first quarter of my year was going incredible. And there's all this great emotion. I mean, you were literally going, I'm going to compete July. Like, this is going to be incredible. And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, you're not. And yeah. so how did this adversity-based mindset help you approach the fact that now it's going to be a year? So it's more, it's a delay. Yeah. But for you to have that mindset, like, I'm supposed to be competing. Like, wait a second. You, yeah. There's no Olympics? Like, there's no precedent <laughs> for that. What do you mean there's no Olympics? Yeah. So how, how have you handled that? And then what has been the approach for the mindset? Because I think how you've approached that, that big delay, there's other people who've experienced the same thing. Yeah, so I had a choice to make. I could look at it as, oh my gosh, how could they do this? COVID-19 is ruining everything. Or I could look at it as like, okay, what benefits could come from this delay? Well, the first thing is I'll be further removed from chemotherapy. I'll have more time to train. Secondly, imagine if they did hold the Olympics, I would constantly be worried about getting sick, getting my family sick. It would not be able to be um, a situation where I could be singularly focused on the goal at hand, which is performing my best on the biggest world stage. And I just look at it as, okay, well, it's longer time where I have more relationships with my sponsors. It's a greater amount of time where I can get certain skills that I didn't have. And so I try to think of ways of, okay, if they were going to have it in July, August, I was going to be ready. I was going to be there. I was going to do my job. But now that it's further out, I'm going to be even more ready. And so, and more well-equipped. So I just kind of think about it as focusing on the positives that come from pushing it out. Yeah, it's disappointing, but at the same time, there's a lot of benefits to it. Well, I, one of those one of those benefits. I'm just going to plant a little seed, okay? Just a little seed. I've been to national championships as a performance coach. I've been to Super Bowls as a performance coach. I've never been to an Olympics, so I'm just saying maybe the delay maybe yes. the delay gives us a little chance for me to be able to uh, hop across the pond there and uh, watch you do your thing in person because. I'll tell you, you, you see some of these. So remember that the seed's been planted. So yeah, I love it. I love the idea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll figure out we'll figure out a way to uh, to, to make it happen because uh, I would I, I would love that. I just I think of any American. You you look at the opening ceremonies, the closing ceremonies, and I think I tend to watch those things differently. I think some people oh, I'm rooting for the USA, and I see people's eyes, I see their smiles. Even the individual who makes it, and they never win a medal. They don't have yeah. the blessing of competing at the level that you competed at. And maybe they never even get on TV, right? Their sport isn't a track and field. And they don't really get any big highlights. But every one of those athletes, I look in their eyes, and I'm like, they are just special. <laughs> like, it is, just, it is just so special for an athlete to believe and then to go represent your country. Yes. So with, with that being said, number one, I, I want to come to – but number, number, <laughs> number two, what's your favorite moment? So what's your favorite, and, and I know there have been four, but what's your favorite Olympic moment? I think I have two. I have one that has nothing to do with me, 
And I have a second one that, you know, you touched on it a little bit more about the, how I got my medal. Um, the first one was last Olympics in 2016, I was rooming with a girl named Gabby and she was so excited about competing. She's like, like you said, she's one of those athletes where, you know, we didn't know if she would get on TV or not, but she was ready and she went and competed. And while, when she competed, she does the distance race, she tripped and not uh, another girl actually tripped her. So the other girl fell down. She fell down. She, it was at the Olympic game. She ran back, went and picked the other girl up and they finished the race together. And after they finished, she had actually torn everything in her knee and she finished oh. that race. And I was just like, that is what Olymp the Olympics is about because a lot of people are like, oh, I have to get the gold. If you didn't get the gold, you know, whatever. But she embodied the spirit of other people above self and it was the most beautiful moment that I had ever seen in the Olympics. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's incredible. And then your personal one. Oh, you right. Said. So <laughs> I was that person. Like every time I would go to the Olympics, I would go, I would be like, like slated as being the number one. Well, not every time, the last two times for sure. I was slated as being the winner. Like, the, oh, she's gonna win the event. They said it in Sports Illustrated. It was like a done deal. And somewhere I could have definitely benefited from having you there because um, something happened between leaving my house here and getting to the competition. I just would always fall just a little bit short. And um, in 2008 was the year I had a one-year-old nursing daughter. My husband and I had a nursing daughter. I had just graduated college. So I was like really, kicking my butt trying to finish school. I made the Olympic team and I ended up finishing sixth place. And, you know, doing it with integrity has always been my thing. I, no matter what, I'm not gonna cheat to try to win a competition. And so I competed and I finished sixth. It is what it is. In 2016, eight years later, they found out that three women that had placed in front of me had actually tested positive for um, banned substances. And they, their um, marks were erased from the history books, which moved me up from sixth place to third. And I ended up getting my bronze medal eight, nine, eight to nine years <laughs> later. And it was awesome. It was a beautiful moment. Yeah, it, it's, it's just so incredible. And, you know, the amazing thing about life is that when you do things the right way with integrity, you're always rewarded. Yes. And I believe when you do the right thing, there's always this great strength. And I know both of us are very, very faithful individuals. And I know how much that, that faith is important to you for that burn that lies inside of you. And I just want to say thank you for your example. Thank you for your inspiration. Thank you for that smile. Because whether you realize it or not, you know, that type of energy is what gives people hope. And to, it, it makes me emotional because I think about my mom and the way that she smiled and some of her students that remembered her smile. And, you know, your children are so blessed that, that you have fought through and you've showed them this example and you can stand on those stages and you're going to be back at the Olympics and you're going to be back at the trials doing all these things and just keep, keep shining that smile because it does give people hope that they could fight through and stay positive through COVID, which we're all experiencing. Yes. But you could fight through those, those real battles of life, but also maybe those areas, whatever that medal looks like for everybody watching, right? Whenever, everybody's medal is different. Some of you, maybe you weren't even an athlete, but your medal in the business world, 
Yes. Just, just, just remember. And you know, I often don't say this in these episodes. Uh, sometimes in the captions and things, but I want people to share this episode. Please do me a favor and share this episode because Shante's story needs to be heard because it provides hope and inspiration. And she is fighting for our country. She's fighting for our family. She's going back to these Olympics and uh, she's going for that, that one medal that she hasn't had yet. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I just have an amazing feeling that your work every single day is just going to provide the best chapters, the best chapters of your life. They're, they're yet to come. I just, I, I appreciate you. Thank you. And I believe that. And that's what my hope is for, you know, your listeners that they know whatever, like you said, whatever their medal is, that to fight for it, to fight for it, whatever it takes, even if it's a little step during chemotherapy, my exercise was walking with a walker sometimes but putting one foot in front of the other and just moving forward and not staying stagnant is what got me to the point now where I'm like, I'm very confident that I could make this Olympic team. <laughs> you're, you're incredible. Thank you so much for joining us on The Burn, Chate. Thank you for having me. You are awesome. And I cannot <laughs> wait for us to see each other in person again. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Burn Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get notifications as new episodes release every week. To connect with Ben, follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Continued Fight. Until next time, keep attacking one day at a time.